and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm your co-host, Associate Editor, Robert Luke. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. Jeff Lee, let's open it up right, right to you. Big news out of Tel Aviv today. Tell me more. Certainly big news and news that we've uh, been waiting for for a while, um, right, with the First flight, finally, of IAI's 777-300ERSF conversion prototype. Um, now, we thought this was going to happen before the end of 2022. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, slight delays and hiccups, um, I guess, uh, normal for any new program. Uh, but um, yeah, now, um, late March, um, that first flight has taken place. Um, and, you know, it was a brief uh, two-hour flight, um, kind of what appears to be um, the, the usual flight path for all their um, conversions, uh, the, the 767, um, you know, fly out into the Mediterranean back. Um, but finally, um, with this significant milestone, you know, IAI and the rest of the industry can look forward to uh, the continued development of this program and heading toward um, eventual certification, which will happen um, later this year. And, you know, before too long, it will be uh, the redelivery and it will head off to its uh, new operator, which will be Kalita Air in the US. Um, now, Kalita has said um, recently that it expects um, this to happen around the summer. Um, we'll see, but um, it will be nice to finally see, um, you know, the first 777 conversion uh, painted in an operator's colors. Um, not that the IAI, um, hybrid IAI and air cap cargo um, colors don't look nice, but, you know, um, and certainly with the green cargo door uh, looks interesting and unique. Um, and uh, I have to say, uh, I will be, I might be placing an order for uh, the scale model of this um, prototype. <laughs> Certainly, it's 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 amazing news, and you you make a good point as far as placing the order for the scale model. Um, first flights are always a huge opportunity for orders to be placed. Um, uh, fellas, do we think that um, we're going to see more orders for the? Uh, Triple seven three hundred ERSF or orders to be announced certainly yeah for they do tend to um, wait uh, for you know a major milestone like this and then uh, to kind of keep up um, the the chatter about about the program with more um, announcements and things so yeah I, I think we will be seeing um, a couple more and I'm hopeful that we'll hear of some uh, wonderful announcements at Cargo Facts Asia where we'll definitely get a chance to meet with some of the IAI representatives as they continue to do their test flights. But in addition to that, I do believe that, uh, like Jeff said, there's definitely going to be uh, more operators in line to place orders for these as, you know, we start to see some of the older freighters retire and the uh, lift capacity start to kind of decrease on the supply side of the air cargo industry. And less orders, not just operators. Which reminds me, Robert, you had um, yourself broken a story on UPS um, a long time ago. Uh, it, was, it was toward Christmas last year and it just got picked up. Remind me, what's going on with, with uh, or what can Brown do for me? 
Yeah, Brown is definitely doing a lot when it comes to the 747-8F, you know, and it's awesome to hear that because, you know, the last production model rolled out not too long ago with going to Atlas. But they have announced uh, when we made that discovery during their quarterly earnings report last year around August that they were going to be adding two more 747-8-8Fs to their fleet. And it's been confirmed now that they're going to be used 747-8S, which should not really be a surprise considering that the production line has ceased. But they expect to have delivery of both of those aircraft coming in 2024 based on their February quarterly earnings report. So that is definitely good news to see that, you know, there are some uh, established integrators still committed to the uh, legacy carrier Queen of the Sky 747-8F. And we're looking forward to seeing them increase their fleet count from 28 to 30 when it comes to that freighter type. Um, moving on forward beyond the UPS news and Oh, yeah. By the way, Cargo Facts, thank you for being the first to announce that groundbreaking uh, news last year. Um, but going into the next segment here, I'm going to give it back to Jeff because this week we also covered a new A330, or should I say second A330 conversion line, will be operational next month and is taking in its first A330-200, which is an ex-Air China model, for conversion with uh, EFW. And don't ask me to say the name because I'm not going to say it. Jeff, I'll let you go ahead and add a little bit more insight to what's happening in that realm. I will say EFW's name. We all like saying it, uh, but we can't speculate. We can't talk about the the source uh, of those two 747-8s. Well, yeah, I kind of wanted to, but all right, let's go there before we go into this next segment. Good point that you made. Jeff, I'm going to ask you first, who do you think is going to... Uh, where are they going to get these aircraft from, since they're obviously going to be used aircraft that are currently in service? Right. I mean, yeah, we we kind of knew that they, these weren't going to be new ones. Um, all the new production slots were already accounted for. Um, but I will say uh, it is um, different and the change from what um, the, well, what the UPS strategy was, um, you know, a couple of years ago when um, then new CEO Carol Tomei was talking about how um, they wanted to basically not spend as much as um, before on new aircraft and, and just make use of what, what they had, uh, which is why, incidentally, they um, kind of declined Boeing's offer to, to for them to order more um, Dash 8s or the final um, Dash 8s. But do you think they regret that now that they have to kind of resort to getting used assets on the open market? I mean, I wouldn't say they regret it, but um, it's and you know the market changes so quickly that you know you have to you know decision a decision you made two years ago um, or more um, you know that might not um, apply to you know the current conditions and so they uh, maybe they just had to quickly pivot and, and see where else they could get capacity or um, and this leads into the the question about where those are coming from. Um, two years ago, they didn't know that there was going to be a, a war between Russia and Ukraine, and you know, suddenly a, a load of 747-8s would be taken out of service. Um, and maybe so, you know, a good opportunity to pick two frames up um, came along, and they um, they said yes. Um, so uh, yeah, so the you know the the whole Airbridge. Uh, fleet might be um, where they're getting those dash eights, but um, as we were saying earlier, um, you know those are all stuck in Russia, and I 
we don't know whether that's uh, possible or feasible to get them out of Russia. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, where would you speculate or if you had to guess, where would you think they would be acquiring these uh, other two from? I'll go ahead and just, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw, throw a potential uh, direction. Do you think the Air Belgium 747-8 could be two that they're looking at or possibly could actually acquire uh, to put into their into their fleet? And this is just speculative. We're not we're not saying this is this is absolute or positive. Mm, yeah, Andrew, what do you think? You know, it's 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 hard to to say. I, I think um, going going back to the Volga Dnieper we um, issue. Um, wherever these 747s are going to come, I'd imagine they would have to be either early deliveries of 747-8s um, or um, from an airline that's that's folded, um, which I would group all um, Russian carriers into that slot at that at this time. So we, know, I mean, yeah, possibly, but um, the Air Belgium ones. Um... They're flying those two, um, well, soon. They got actually got a, another one um, that was with uh, previously from coming from the um, whole Volga Dnieper group. Uh, so I I don't know because they, they yeah. didn't get those too long ago. Um, what I had in mind, actually, um, interestingly, was the, the two that Qatar has. Um, and I'll tell you why, because they... Yeah, I mean, yes, they've been obviously they've been using those two, and they, um, they have been a good fit um, in some ways for them. But in other ways, they've also not been um, the best fit because uh, those are the only two seven four sevens in their entire fleet, um, and they also have uh, you know a, a ton of triple seven dash eight freighters on order um, that are coming to join an already large fleet of tri- existing current generation triple seven freighters. Um, and so if they were going to kind of look at harmonizing the freighter fleet, uh, that to me would be, uh, you know, kind of an ob- obvious move. Um, now, I don't know whether um, it would make sense for them um, on the commercial side of things, because certainly the 747-8 freighters um, probably fulfill a function that the 777s um, cannot, not 100% anyway. Um, and we know that Qatar already kind of uh, streamlined its fleet um, when it got rid of its uh, four A330 production freighters. Uh, yeah, so I think that I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, those two actually turned out to be the Qatar ones. You made a good argument there, definitely. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds as time moves forward. Yeah. Oh, speaking of yeah, A330s, you were asking me about the um, the Chinese um, conversion line, right? So um, yeah, the this is um, going to be the the second A330 conversion line in China um, at the Amico facility in Chengdu. Uh, now we saw a photo of um, what will be the first aircraft to enter that conversion line, um, which is an ex-Ed China um, aircraft, and it's interestingly it's an A330-200. Um, I had parked outside the the hangar and kind of with some paint already stripped, um, being prepared um, to enter that conversion line. Um, and we got um, that confirmation as well from uh, ST Engineering. But 
um, unlike the the first conversion line um, in Shanghai, Stockholm, um, that facility has now completed, uh, we think, its first uh, A330P2F, and that aircraft is a 300 um, for CDB Aviation. Uh, now, we'll um, have something on that um, pretty soon, I think. Um, and we know that aircraft is going to Sichuan Airlines, um, which, you know, kind of interesting link, uh, you know, with the Chengdu conversion line and uh, being in, in Sichuan uh, province, right? And the, that actually the first A330 P2F conversion in China um, joining Sichuan Airlines. But uh, no, I do wonder who, well, first of all, who the who owns this uh, AV3200 going into the um, Chengdu conversion line and uh, you know on a related note who will end up um, flying it but um, yeah another kind of facility we're looking at uh, or that will soon be completing its first A330 P2F is the uh, Mobile Aerospace Engineering um, facility in Alabama so and that's coming up soon too we believe exactly yeah so i think it's really setting the tone positively for the a330 convergence moving forward so I, I think it's going to make a strong impact on the industry and and our congrats and kudos to the efw team over there for doing such a great job with st engineering to uh can continue to open up more conversion lines for that freighter program um yeah on that note uh after feeling like I just need to pass the mic on, I will go ahead and do so. So back to you, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I mentioned things into the fold earlier, and that makes me think of one new drone platform that is literally foldable. An Australian company is delivering the Corvo Precision Payload Delivery System, or PPDS, to uh, folks on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, the delivery drone will be able to carry um, a small payload, we're talking about ammunition and food, um, to soldiers on the front line in Ukraine about 40 to 120 kilometers away. Um, the drone's already been, been very successful in deploying over 60 sorties, according to published reports. And there's, I'm bringing this up because there's a flurry of drone developments around the conflict. Uh, and this is uh, mirrored on the other side of the conflict. Uh, we, we're receiving conflicting reports about a new drone being manufactured in Russia um, called the, the Tramp, um, it, or that that's how it would translate. Um, now, we weren't able to get too many details of, of that drone besides some footage um, that was reported uh, uh, in local media. We spoke to Volga Dnepr and they said that they weren't interested in the drone at this time. Which brings me to another drone platform that would be Bell's APT. Bell's APT, which of course is capable of flying around 35 kilometers, carrying payloads up to 100 pounds. Um, at speeds of 86 knots. This is a very impressive design manufactured by uh, such a titan of aviation as, as, as Bell. The APT had its first incident and it crashed on March 14th near a test facility in Texas. Um, the uh, FAA classified this as a loss of control incident uh, with no injuries reported. Um, Bell referred us to the NTSB for comment. Now, we didn't run this as a story, and I want to ex explain that that rationale. Um, 
accidents happen, and they, they're certainly in, in, in the test stage. We know um, that the drones that were powering Amazon's new service certainly um, were involved in uh, high-profile accidents, um, which where no one was injured, no, no, nothing was damaged besides the drone itself, um, which set that program back. Um, we're going to let investigators um, look into this and come up with a report to see what uh, what comes of it. But I'm certainly interested myself to see whether this was a software issue, um, a sensor malfunction, um, or something completely different that I'm not even thinking of. But we'll let the investigators weigh in on that. Well, unless any of y'all have anything left, um, I want to welcome our listeners into spring uh, and say that that's all the time we have for today. For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time.